Blog Talk Radio. Nowadays, there's a lot of talk about hate crimes. There's an entire body of laws against hate crimes. Everybody seems to be worried about hate. Hate appears to be the gravest problem of our time. But hate is good. Hate gives a structure to our life. Hate gives us a reason to exist, a focus, something to strive for, an identity. Hate is energy, pure energy, provided by Mother Nature herself. Hate enables us to see through lies and pretense, and helps us to concentrate on the essential. Hate is democratic. Even the rich and the powerful cannot hate more than their slaves and subjects. And soon, hate may well be all that we have left. Hate emancipates. Without hate for slavery, you cannot break your shackles. And without hate for injustice, there can be no justice. The greatest achievements of the human race have grown from hate, and from the ability to control hate. Hate separates humans from animals. Animals do not hate, but humans do. Humans can hate for decades, sometimes their entire life. We can even pass hate on to our children and keep hate alive for centuries. Hate is a sign of abstract intellect, for only humans can hate people they have never seen or met, and only humans can hate concepts and processes. How can we know what love is? if we refuse to recognize and understand hate. Love and hate are the two opposite sides of the same coin. Without hate, we are only halflings. In order to be complete, we need hate. Only fools talk endlessly about love, but forget the hate. Hate separates us from the meek and docile masses. Do not fear hate. Do not deny or reject hate. Accept hate. Embrace hate. Learn to know it and learn to use it. Hate is your most powerful weapon, a hidden source of your strength. Do not deny it from you. What the liberal elite fears most in this world is our ability to hate, because our hate will one day be the most revolutionary force on the planet. Our hate will destroy and create empires. You're listening to Resolution Radio, Radio, Radio. ResolutionRDO.com Let your name be worthy of you. 
remember, the war consumed us all. Land that called us ever homewards We will go home across the mountains We will go home, we will go home Shall I explain to you in one easy lesson how the world works? Use small words. I'm not as bright as you. The house that puts family first will always defeat the house that puts the whims and wishes of its sons and daughters first. A good man does everything in his power to better his family's position. Geiri, Reiki. Regardless of his own selfish desires. Right there on his camera, it says, Word Ray holds. That is the answer to every bit of this. This is how you do this. You do this with racial holy war. That is the only thing that will ever, ever bring about any kind of hope or solace for our people. Racial holy war.
Secondly, the most important thing that I think I could possibly share to my opinion, hello. They want you eliminated. Don't give them the pleasure. So there it is, boys and girls. The hard to swallow pill that too many of our people have been putting off taking for far too long. They don't want to accept that this is a war to the night or that they are the ones who will be stuck like a pig and left to die by their diverse friends. And don't make the mistake of thinking that if you abide by the law and obey the powers that be, that you can win this fight. We have already reached a point where the law is failing us. And if you don't believe me, just ask some of our LS members who are currently sitting in Virginia jails because they had the audacity to defend themselves against physical attacks by mobs of Negroes at Charlottesville. When the law falls into the hands of evil men and is perverted from its true purpose, then free men, free men, are morally bound to resist and overthrow such tyranny and with violence if necessary. There's a well-known ancient Latin phrase, civis pacem parabellum. If you want peace, prepare for war. And the time has come to get plumb mad dog meat. And that if you lose your head and give up, then you neither live nor win. And that's just how it is. In imitation of that great Confederate general, Nathan Bedford Forrest, war to the night! But a kingdom that has once been destroyed can never come again into being, nor can the dead ever be brought back to life.
right, welcome to the Resolution Radio Network at ResolutionRDO.com. You are listening to the Sunny Thomas Show, and I am your wild and crazy ass host. <laughs> if I have to tell you the name of who this guy is and the name of the show, then you're just in real Linda, dude, and you belong there. All right, I am the one and only Sunny Thomas, and this is my show, and if you don't like it, get the hell off now. That being said, the board is already lighting up, so thank you all those that uh, tune in and listen on us on a regular basis. Uh, we finally got some of our technical difficulties straightened out, and um, everything's up and running, and everything's uh, hunky-dory at the moment. So that's actually badass. So that's some good stuff. Um, so we are getting stuff back on a regular keel here. Uh, we will have a lot of our shows on a much regular basis here shortly. Um, it's just one of those things. It's just I got to get some time to really sit down and hammer this stuff out. I'm just trying to finish up some stuff before the weather kicks in and you know how it is you know so much to do and so little time to do it in all right so welcome to tonight's show these are the krauts of the round table we have an excellent all-star lineup of uh, individuals tonight that'll be coming on here near the bottom of the hour uh last week if you haven't had a chance to tune in last week's show check out monica schaefer she gave us an update on some of her activities as well as the liberation of her brother from Lensburg Prison, where a very famous inmate was there once, uh, almost exactly 100 years ago. And I um, also uh, gave him time to write an incredible book. So, you know, some people are really good at being authors. <laughs> um, also, um, she will be joining us tonight, as well as author Harold Zieger, um, who wrote an excellent book called Freedom's Nightmare. Uh, which is um, his account of what it was like growing up behind the Iron Curtain in East Deutschland and um, really gives you a, a really a, uh, a, ground, a ground's eye view of exactly what it was like growing up in the Iron Curtain, being raised a communist. Um, he found Christianity, uh, first found his wife, and then uh, just how he dealt with all the stuff there in dealing with the system. And he finally had an opportunity to escape from East Germany in the mid-1980s due to um, his father's um, citizenship with Austria. And also at the same stroke, um, he didn't feel his right to go to the United States since he couldn't speak the language very well at all. So he spent 20 years in Austria and then um, came to the United States in the mid-2000s. By then, um, the usurper Obama was running for resident of the United States because I refuse to put a P that because that guy just absolutely just polished his ass on the chair of one of the greatest seats ever put up by man. That's for sure. Anyways, that, that, uh, I don't even want to go into details what I think about that SOB, but anyways, the usurper as he's properly titled, um, was campaigning and it absolutely terrified Harold because he realized, man, this guy's preaching the very same thing I escaped from. So he started speaking out a little bit more publicly at um, local meetings, and then he was inspired uh, to uh, write a memoir about his experiences, and he created uh, Freedom's Nightmare. So um, that's a very limited edition print uh, from its original publication. However, Harold may have some good news for us about that tonight as well. Also joining us, uh, we will have the one and only awesomest filmmaker, that I think of this generation is probably really experienced in a long freaking time. Dennis Wise, who was just on a few weeks ago here on the show, uh, will be here to talk about um, 
not only some some of the stuff about his, his films, but we're going to have an overall roundtable of um, some interesting things. We're going to talk about a little bit about history, uh, history of Deutschland a little bit, um, where it came from, what happened to it, where the hell it's going now. And are is there finally people starting to step up? I mean, the fact that Ursula Haverbeck, a yeah, 94-year-old grandmother is going to be sent back to prison for up to two years, or at least a year, is completely unacceptable. Completely unacceptable. I don't give a damn if you're if you're if you're a kraut or not. The simple fact that a, 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 a grandmotherly lady like this, who experienced what it was like growing up during that time period, speaks the truth, and people don't want to hear it, and they want a carcerator, is absolutely unacceptable. I don't understand why Deutschland isn't up in arms. I mean, you come over here, and people go crazy about supposedly about some some dumbass nigger like George Floyd, who. Obviously, supposedly had a fentanyl overdose while he's supposedly being choked by a cop. I call BS. And not to mention, now they're trying to go after Kanye West for bringing up the actual fact that the coroner's report said, dude, he died from a fentanyl overdose. That's why his his uh, his air passageway he died of asphyxiation. Not because of the cop's neck on the knee or knee, knee on the neck, but the actual fact that he was already high on drugs. So there's a combination of things. Fans ain't just a straw that broke the camel's back. But that's the most important thing is that a whole damn country went up in arms over this. Where the hell's Germany raised up saying, hey, set Ursula Haverback free? I mean, where is the outrage? Where are the human rights activists who always talk about this shit? Where's Amnesty International? I don't hear if that is something that needs to be seriously addressed because of the simple fact that it just goes to show you how selective enforcement Amnesty International is. Oh, they'll sit there and say, oh, Nelson Mandela needs to be released. Nelson Mandela's a freaking terrorist. Ask anyone who's in South Africa. No, and, and if he wasn't bad enough, his damn wife, Winnie, was worse. You talk about uh, flaming tires around their necks? That bitch was an outright terrorist, okay? Yet she gets all these praises and, oh, Oprah Winfrey just absolutely does for the word about, oh, Winnie. What the fuck ever? I mean, seriously, that's the thing that really drives me nuts, man. The selective enforcement that the media has where they push Democrats like this Fetterman in, in Pennsylvania, the guy's a stuttering buffoon. Look at the guy, dude. He looks like a B-boy gone wrong, man. I mean, seriously, it's like, come on, man. At least have an appearance. This is the first time in his whole campaign you saw him in a freaking suit and tie. He probably had to go out and get that, and his mommy had to dress him because he obviously doesn't want to wear one. Personally, I hate ties. You know, I actually saw an article in the Epoch Times a couple of years ago, and it's this younger guy. And I can't remember if he's an American or if he's British, but he has not worn any type of 20th century clothing for at least the last 15 years of his life. Okay, He actually likes 19th century clothing so much better. And I have to admit, really, the 20th century, I was, I was just reading some stuff the other way about how women were depicted throughout the 20th century, even up to now, you know, what type of figures that they kind of go for by each decade. That was one thing that's nice about the 20th century is literally you can tell each decade by its look. And it's like, oh, wow, cool, you know. It's same with like a, you could take any picture of like the rock band Kiss, and you can look at the picture and know exactly what era that picture was taken in because for the most part, almost every album – had a different set of costumes. 
And so which means however many photos were taken during that time period is now archival as soon as they switch costumes and do a new album, okay? So even the plain clothes they wore in the 80s, you can look at the outfits they wore and know exactly what era that that picture was taken. And it's like, oh, dude, that's from Animal Eyes, 1984. Or, dude, that's Crazy Nights, 87, 88. And then I that, but they even slightly altered the makeup a little bit, at least Gene did, after the reunion tour compared to some of the stuff in the 70s. So you can more identify. It's like, well, dude, we can still tell it's you because you look a little bit heavier, okay? You don't have that nice slim figure like you had when you were 25, okay? You're like 55, 65. I mean, you know, let's face it. Plus, you're wearing 70 pounds of gear. Yeah, dude. <laughs> you're not going to be young and skinny like you were 40 years ago, 50 years ago. I mean, it just doesn't work. But the point is, you look at a lot of the women in that time period. And you can really see also who was involved with some of this marketing. And it sort of goes back to the same people on Fifth Avenue. And they all seem to have brackets behind their last names. You know what I mean? And also, what is their main book? Propaganda by, uh, oh, God, just, just forgot his freaking name. Bernard, uh, ah, shite. I had forgot his dumb last name. It's actually Sigmund Freud's nephew. Anyways, so I'm really trying to get this up here so I can get my stuff going. But my point is is the fact that um, um, a lot of the marketing that you see in television and everything today is written right out of the book Propaganda. As much as they want to tag Joseph Goebbels uh, for being the master propagandist, who do you think he got a lot of his technique from? Oh, Edward Bernays. My bad. Edward Bernays. So, I mean, that, that's the thing is the fact that um, he, he took his, their own tactics and threw it right back at them. Basically, he, he didn't just take a snowball. He put rocks in that fucker and just chucked it right back at him. And so it's amazing. When you actually watch the, the Joseph Goebbels Total War speech, dude, that is totally badass. Not to mention one of the last films he helped sanction um, during the war, The Eternal Jew, is definitely a phenomenal uh, film to watch. I mean, this is a very precise documentary, kind of know how your enemy is. And it's interesting now to show you how he can morph and disguise himself into Western society. It's actually dead on balls. And when that Evangeline chick in Canada, she was 10 years old, when she started coming out doing YouTube videos, basically saying, this is what the Jew is. And she's actually going, I mean, just bam, bam, bam. This is a 10-year-old who done figured it out. And, of course, they did everything they could to try to um, suppress her and, and just try to ridicule everything else. And then she finally um, just kind of disappeared for a while. I think she married somebody. I don't know. But, anyways, bottom line is the short time she was out there, she was spot on and really calling the enemy out by their tactics, by their motives, and, and quite frankly, by their appearances. As much as they tried to either mask themselves or make it obvious um, I mean, God, just look at them, dude. They look devilish. Jeez. Anyway, so that's some pretty sick shit. Okay, so we are going to have one hell of a good uh, show tonight. And um, I was just trying to make sure everything was working good here. Um, let me get my stuff here. So hang on one second. Just making sure we get everybody together. Uh We'll bring on our guests right after these brief messages, and I'll give everybody a short time to uh, kind of explain who they are and a little bit of their backgrounds, and then we'll go ahead and um, um, 
kind of get into a really good discussion here. So we'll be back right after these brief messages. Ha ha ha. By now, you know that wireless technology like cell phones do, in fact, pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Flocket Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. Flocketpocket.com offers quality, American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at Flocketpocket.com or call 888-315-9618. Flocketpocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. In ancient times, man roamed the earth in a constant state of hunting or being hunted. Introducing Caveman, where cutting-edge science meets ancient super nutrients. Secure your bottle right now at InfoWarsStore.com. We the people do hereby request the immediate assistance of President Trump, Congress, media outlets, and freedom organizations to defend all innocent Americans. There is no liberty with innocence in prison. Please sign our petition, thefreedomcoalition.com. You're listening to The St. Thomas Show with St. Thomas on resolutionrdo.com. Call in or listen now at 607-203-5423. That's 607-203-5423. Resolution Radio. affordable alternative to the high cost of health care that offers freedom from insurance while providing compliance with the Obamacare individual mandate. Imagine having access to quality, affordable health care that allows you the freedom to choose your doctor and hospital. Members can share up to 100% of necessary medical expenses, including some alternative treatments. Find out how you and your family can contain health care costs without giving up your freedom. Go to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. There was a mighty nation, blessed above all of creation. Charlie Daniels, he's always loved America. He's always defended the Second Amendment. Let me let me just read a little thing here from Agenda 21. The American system of justice must be changed to conform to the rest of the world. Individual rights will have to take a back seat to the collective. Well, you know what the next boom's going to be, don't you? It's going to be coming after you, guys. Oh, yeah. I tell you, it ain't going to sit well down my way at all. It ain't gonna set well. Do you ever wonder what happened to America? It's time to ride, boys. We need a thousand Paul Revere's. When I was a boy, it was okay to be proud of the flag, heritage, mom, and apple pie. And beef was for supper. Revelation, dawn of global government. Theatrical screenings on demand. DVDs now available. Starring Alex Jones, Charlie Daniels, Special Ops General Jerry Boykin. Want to shed some tears over the red, white, and blue? Revelation, the movie.info. Let's fix it. Hi, this is Ron Paul. I am a former congressman, physician, and presidential candidate. The world is in turmoil. Things like Ebola, earthquakes, wars, and famines are commonplace. 
As Americans, we are largely sheltered from these events. However, in parts of the world, just having enough food is a huge problem. For some of us, there is the nagging thought that we may not always have it so good. So we keep some food on hand just in case. My family and I have found a product that helps us do this better. It's a home freeze dryer from Harvest Right. With it, we eat healthier and store a little more food. We freeze dry everything we love to eat, and it lasts up to 25 years. Who knows what the future will bring? One thing's certain, my family and I will always have food on the table. To learn more, go to HarvestRight.com or call 800-763-5999. That's HarvestRight.com or 800-763-5999. Okay, welcome back to the Resolution Radio Network at ResolutionRDO.com. You are listening to St. Thomas Show, and I am your host, St. Thomas. If you want to call in or listen now, it's area code 607-203-5423. That's 607-203-5423. All right, so uh, we've got an awesome, awesome uh, lineup for tonight. And I have to honestly say this is probably one of the best lineups I've ever had on the history of my ship. <laughs> In almost eight years of doing podcasts, I have to say this is something that just it just didn't dawn on me right away. I was like, dude, this would be the ultimate lineup. Because everybody's got something in common, and we all have some interesting histories, and we all have a very similar viewpoint on many things, but yet everyone's um, experience is totally different. So this is a true roundtable format which I've had a lot of success in the past um, bringing on, and I've had um, some of these guests on in roundtables before, and we've had awesome, awesome discussions. So the first guest I want to bring on is Monica Schaefer. Um, again, she made a little controversial video a number of years back about, Mom, I was uh, – sorry sorry about the – yeah, you were – I was right – or I was wrong about the Holocaust. Yeah, that's what it was. And basically, she had an awakening at some point, and uh, she put out this little video, and it went viral. And, of course, everybody just chastised her or whatever. And she's this nice lady who plays violin, and uh, she minds her own business. But you know what crime is? She happens to be a cop, and she's awake. Oh, we can't have that. Oh, no, absolutely. Mm-mm, no way. Cannot have that whatsoever. And then top it off, you have a brother that believes in this shit? Oh, hell no. And he's in Deutschland. So, I mean, seriously, it's like, <laughs> boy, if you have any ancestry or any real um in touch with your past and of your people um you are a threat to the new world order that's for sure uh but definitely check out the program i had with her last week here on the show and um it was uh we had covered some lot of ground on her a little bit as well as uh, her brother finally being released and how he's uh putting the pieces back together and i'm sure he's uh that dog is not out of the fight that's for sure so monica welcome back to the same time show Thank you so much. So great to be back. <laughs> I look forward to this roundtable discussion. Oh, I, I am too. I'm literally I'm, I'm sitting there like a like a kid in a candy store, man. I'm just like, <laughs> oh, goody. This is gonna be freaking awesome. I tell you what, this is. Uh, I have to say, I I've, I've oftentimes said because uh, when I was on a previous network years ago, um, I was the number one show on that network. Not to toot my horns, just a simple fact that I just my show is badass. But I, I really contributed all to my guests. 
I had a, an interesting gallery of people from different backgrounds. We talked about various topics, whether it was politics, whether it was musicians, whether it was about life, uh, or even sometimes even about food. Uh, you know, basically, I had a nice general um, opportunity to bring excellent people on. And then when I did roundtables, it also gave opportunity for some heads of certain uh, right-wing groups to be able to step out of that role a little bit and basically be more a role of a pundit and not just the leader of X group or Y group. They had an opportunity to voice their opinions as an individual, and they just so happened to say, oh, well, by the way, I run this group, or I, I'm, on the, uh, I'm the head of that group, or whatever the case may be. So the bottom line is I gave them an opportunity to, uh, to be heard in a little bit different light, and that was the thing I think I have to um, kind of breathe on my nails and, and rub on my shirt because the fact that uh, some people I brought on as guests, even you, Monica, we had an opportunity to actually host the show and liked it so much, some of them started their own podcasts. So, and again, some of them, I don't remember who some of them are. I know a few of them who are. But the bottom line is, if it gave them an opportunity to break that ice, uh, I'm all for it, man, because someone gave me an opportunity. And so I'm paying it forward, as they say. Right on, right on. Hey, you know what? I, I have breaking news for you, and it is directly related to something that you talked about in your introduction and that's mm-hmm. about Ursula Haverbeck. Yes. Uh, yes. So um, I just learned this maybe one hour ago, and it's from uh, somebody who has left a comment under my latest article on my website, which was r- with regards to Ursula Haverbeck, and I had translated her letter that she wrote to the the uh, you know the so-called authorities there in Germany, and with a number of complaints about the whole thing and she apparently has now been given the um news or i don't know how you would call it it's not like they've suddenly said oh you're innocent no but she's not going back to jail for health reasons and it sounds like she will never go to jail now i mean she is almost 94 she's turning 94 i believe on november 8th and so, she, yeah, this is just She's breaking news now. I don't have, I don't have confirmation <laughs> from any other source. This is a somebody from mm. Germany though who has left that comment on my website. So I do plan on checking up on that. Maybe one of your other guests has heard something about that. But that is breaking news that she has now uh, gotten news from the, you know, the the, the criminals in charge <laughs> that she <laughs> will remain. Um, under open sky and can remain at home. That is excellent, excellent news. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Good. Good. Now that, Here. but I think the people need to really rise up because to, to allow that woman to suffer like that uh, is, is is just disgusting. It's like watching a car crash and clapping your hands. You know? Yeah. It it really has been disgusting displayed and just. On on this note of you know elderly people being thrown in jail, I mean as you know they've gone after people at 95 and 100 years old just because they pushed a pencil in some camp when they were 17 or 18 years old, you know. But but anyway, in the former East Germany, they did not incarcerate people who were over 80 years of age, or if somebody was in jail and they turned 80, they would be released. And I, I imagine that there would be an exception for somebody who was, you know, violently, you know, axe-wielding, whatever. But, no, they just, on principle, did not incarcerate people after age 
80, but in the, the so-called freest country that has ever existed on German soil, and that's what Angela Merkel said, um, you know, they go after 95- and 100-year-olds, and, and as we know, Ursula Haverbeck spent two and a half years in jail not too long ago. Yes, and I want to bring on my next guest as well. Harold Zeger is an escapee. How dare you escape? Escapee from um, East Germany, and uh, he chronicles his his uh, his ordeal as well as his awakening um, as a Christian um, in his book Freedom's Nightmare, which was released on March 25th of 2014, and uh, he lives here in the Ohio area, and um, uh, again. He, he really, in his book, is, is very plainly written, so you can easily de- devour it once you start getting into it. The bottom line is he really explained what it was like just trying to, like, maybe stick antennas up outside of apartment windows and stuff, trying to capture signals from the from West Germany and hear what was going on on the other side of the Iron Curtain. I mean, all sorts of different things. I mean, I heard stories of how Beatles albums, how their music was being uh, smuggled into, into the Soviet Union. And uh, even McCartney found out some interesting stuff on how his, their music was still able to be heard in Russia. So it's a, a, also would amaze me the type of stuff that was probably smuggled in East Germany um, simply because there was a desire to have it. I mean, it's actually pretty interesting. But, Harold, welcome back to the St. Thomas Show. Yeah, thanks for having me. It uh, seems to become very interesting. Well, you Can also you got me? some updates. Yes. We, you said you also have some updates regarding your book? Yes. Um, I signed today, I signed a contract uh, to get it republished finally after it was for almost four years, five years unavailable because the original publisher went belly up and uh, didn't even have the courtesy to inform me about until I was not longer able to order books for myself. Uh, as you know, I, I went around and spoke at uh, a number of events and used that ability to sell my book. So I, I suddenly was informed, no, we don't exist any longer. We close doors and uh, the rights are yours. So whatever you want, go ahead and get it somewhere else. And um uh, that was kind of a shock. So uh, all of the years I I got uh, several times I got contacted from other publishers, uh, but it was usually the question, hey, how much want you pay that we get your book on the market again? And that is not how I I think it should be. So if you want to, I said, okay, if you want to publish my book, you publish it and then you earn your your money from that. So Finally, last week, I was contacted by a um, more, say, more open publisher, and uh, they are willing to go a little bit further in, so I was able to sign that contract today. No idea how long it takes, uh, because uh, all I have from my original manuscript is the reducted PDF file. And so I have to turn that into a Word file again and then uh, work on that. But um, the guess is about two months and it should be available. The beauty on that company is they are in touch with not only with uh, 
uh, huge number of booksellers and uh, uh, what is it called? Uh, presenting a executives or something like that. So stores mm-hmm. like Costco or, or Walmart or whatever, the huge, huge stores, um, they are also in touch with filmmakers and um, in their market research, they found out that there might be three filmmakers interested in maybe turning that into a into a movie. I don't know if that will happen, but that is on the horizon and could happen within the next 10, 12 months well just real quick before i bring on dennis um i i think uh you should actually do a version in deutsch i mean i think it's um i think if, <laughs> especially if you've got good distribution over there in germany i think that would be good to have the actually your book in in the german language because the fact that to me i think it hit home it it would be a um a recollection for those that had lived through that especially those that are still alive that lived uh there in East Germany, but also as a warning to the German youth of what happens when you let authoritarianism actually, uh, you know, get back into play. So I think that would be very interesting as well, Harold. You should uh, definitely consider having a Deutsch version, and especially if you're going to get di- good distribution over there in Europe. Maybe I have a Maybe different I opinion on that, but um, <laughs> I might consider. No, uh, I think uh, Germany in its current stage is on the way down, downer as it has ever been, Mm -hmm. mainly because of the influence of what I call our favorite people. And (laughs) um, anybody who knows, anybody who knows about the Rand Corporation's latest paper from January, no, December 2021, uh, about how to secure the re-election of uh, uh, the imposer in the White House. Um, anybody who knows those papers understands that uh, Europe is lost and Germany is lost even more. There is no justice or legal system, what you can even call a legal system anymore. Uh, Ursula Haverbeck is just one of the indications Um and um, I have a lot more to say to that uh, during uh, the show here, but I don't think that there is any any chance to rescue Germany from the total collapse than a um, more or less uh, terrifying uh, interference of the powers not to be. It's 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 gone. Um, I'm I'm on the pulse of Germany's economy. I have enough relatives over there. Uh, over the last eight months, over a thousand mid-sized corporations or companies have closed their doors. Today, um, the largest chemical industry corporation in the world has announced that it will reduce its production in Germany by two-thirds and increase the production in China at the same level. So just just as an indication, I'm not sure if it makes sense to produce anything in German anymore. I I just don't know. I will see how it goes with the English version, how that goes through and uh, what the response is. 
specifically with that marketing uh, behind it, which is uh, very looks very very good. And uh, if the book is becomes available or I have a date for its uh, uh, for its release, I would definitely contact you and see how we can inform your uh, listeners that it is now available. Yes, there. Uh, there's right now looking on Amazon. There's at least eight copies, eight used copies still available um, on Amazon that you can that you can find at the moment. So I would encourage anyone here. I put a link uh, to uh, Harold's uh, book on Amazon there in the show description, so you'd be able to click on it as well. I just ordered an extra copy myself uh, for a family member to check out, and uh, so that should be on its way here in the next couple of weeks. Next, I want to bring on Dennis Wise. Um, he's a very interesting individual. He has an interesting background in advertising as well. And what kind of started off, um, I mean, in brief, I mean, I'll let Dennis say it for himself more or less, but basically um, he was being told when he was younger exactly what was supposed to what happened in Germany. And then it turns out that when he come home and start asking questions about it, his father said, uh, no, let me tell you what really happened because it's father was also a former German soldier. So he really kind of gave the down low of what actually happened and everything else. And then somewhere along the way, uh, Dennis realized that, uh, you know, Adolf Hitler is truly the greatest story never told because, in fact, we're always given one narrative about this guy, that he must be the second Antichrist, that he is the worst thing since Napoleon, and Napoleon ain't got shit on Adolf Hitler. So, but yet we've got, we've got Vladimir Lenin, we've got Joseph Stalin, we've got Mao, we've got Pol Pot, we've got all these other dictators who murder millions of their own people, but yet Hitler is the worst thing that's ever happened on the face of this earth. What I think most of us would probably agree, arguably that opposite is true, that Hitler is not only one of the most interesting and, and probably most enlightening historical figures now, but is probably definitely one of the greatest men that's ever walked the face of the earth. And we're talking also lines of demonized as well as Julius Caesar, um, as well as other individuals who just always get the bad rap. But when you really start getting down to brass tacks, what makes this guy tick, his position as a head of state and things that he did, it's actually pretty powerful. Matter of fact, I was watching a documentary posted a little while ago. It's it's the uh, there's the there's the World War II from the German perspective. It's actually, it was released in 2019, I do believe, and it was um, uh, it was dubbed in, in German, but now there's an English narrator over it. And it really goes into details about why Hitler did a lot of the stuff that he did, which any noble head of state would have done when they're trying to be a proponent for their country. I mean, it's not much different than Trump was doing initially, but I think somewhere along the way, I think probably one of the favorite people in his own in, in, in circles such as uh, a guy by the name of Jared pulled the plug on his ass because all of a sudden his America First policy went to Israel first. So, I mean, as usual, Republicans always genuflect to Israel. I don't give a damn who they are, populist, whatever. They always seem to genuflect to the, the beautiful people, the beautiful people. I mean, so, some crazy shit. But, Dennis, welcome back to the same time of show. Hi, Sonny. Nice to be back. Well, you've got a very interesting um, uh, trilogy here. I mean, I've had you on several times and over the years, and uh, I also have the probably the biggest um, bragging rights to say that the first one 
Adolf Hitler, The Greatest Story Never Told, is also as seen on TV as I have aired all six and a half hours of the content of this film, not once, but twice on cable access all throughout Southwest Ohio. And it's been broken down into six one-hour-plus segments to be aired at any given time, day or night, for eternity. So you've got everlasting life, brother, when it comes to that particular film. Your second film, New World Order, yeah, New World Order, Communism by the Back Door, um, really showcases a lot the Marxian left and also uh, some of the tactics in which they do and many of the same things that they how they destroyed Germany and, and got the whole world to hate uh, Germany. And now it's not just Hitler. This has been going back even before World War One, when they basically projected Germans as the Huns that have babies on bayonets. And so they've been pushing this narrative for a long time. that Germans are just absolutely evil and they need to be wiped out. Well, I think what the real reason was was that Germany could have been the real competitor against England when it comes to colonization and influence as well as sciences and philosophy. And, and Britain wasn't going to have that. No, sirree. So they've had this uh, demonization of uh, Germany's people for a long time. And your most recent release, which I encourage everyone to get, is you can kind of see this as a prequel, as a supplemental, as its own chapter. This one has a very unique spot in your trilogy. The Secret Masonic Victory of World War II. This really showcases a lot of great stuff here. The Masons, to me, are the first enemy of, the, of this country, the United States. And if I ever became governor of this state, the first thing I would do is create a task force of every damn Mason and have them thrown in prison and, and have a, a, a military tribunal. Because of the fact that even the most dumbest of the Masons that go in there don't have a clue what they're getting into. And most 33-degree uh, Masons that I've talked to don't know shit about what actually is part of the New World Order. They just, they're just they just a little Lego piece inside a big, giant um, picture, and they don't have a freaking clue. So what are your thoughts on that, Dennis? Well, uh, one day, whenever that day has arrived, they are in for a, a huge awakening because all these helpers or so-called helpers of our friends uh, will suffer the consequences like uh, us helpers uh, since the French Revolution. The, the, the always, once the time, the useful time is up, then uh, they're liquidated. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, you already see this whole COVID thing was actually a beta test and see how far they can really push everything. And then... Now we're finding out all this stuff. All of us that were saying, I'm not taking that shit. And then, oh, we're, you, you, if you don't do that, you're going to kill us all. And that's not even the basics on how virology even works. And not only that, but the biggest thing is when you've got, you're forcing corporations and even independent businesses to force vaccinate their own employees, man. I mean, there's a serious betrayal there. Now we're starting to see some major court cases. One just happened in New York today, as a matter of fact. They basically told the city of, uh, I don't know if it's the city or the whole state, but they basically told um, New York that they have to give all the jobs back to all the first responders that they fired and refused to take the, the jibby jab. And not only that, but they have to compensate them with back pay. Now, here's the worst part about the whole thing. That could actually bankrupt the city overnight. Because we see how in Cincinnati, they have a $20 million deficit. And you don't know how in the hell some of these police officers are even going to be able to retire. 
because of the fact that a lot of their pensions are mismanaged, as well as the city's already in a huge deficit. Are you freaking kidding me? So, I mean, you know, whenever, like when Occupy Cincinnati won the lawsuit about them occupying one of the city parks for the protest, they won that case. They got $40,000 out of it. But the thing is, yeah, they, they made a point, and they won it, and they're justified. But the real people that got screwed were, were the citizens of Cincinnati because now their city, which is already $20 in, in deficit, had to shit out another $40,000 to a bunch of neo-Marxists, and uh, they, they actually purchased their headquarters for a short time doing that. So, I mean, you know, <laughs> that just goes to show you, just like with unions, I can't stand unions. When they go up and say, oh, we demand we get paid $20 to put the same nut in the same boat for 30 years. Okay, well, that $6,000 Chevy Cavalier that you just got, I just went up to $34,000 because we got to pay for your skank asses because you guys don't have any initiative to do anything and, and, and just want to be that guy, just be the monkey. And then who has to pay for it? Not the company, the consumer. The consumer always gets screwed by unions. That's why I'm generally anti-union. I think 100 years ago, there was a definite need for them, but we've got like OSHA and all these other things. So a lot of the reasons why the union was meant to be there are long gone. So not only that, but unions have absolutely destroyed a lot of quality product in here because some people will purposely go around companies with unions because they don't want to pay the higher price because they have to appease their people. So my biggest question is at this particular point at the round table is, the scene in Raiders of the Lost Ark where the where the uh, German soldier sits down and Belloc and, and Marion are in there and he's pulling out the, the looks like the looks like a nunchuck and he makes his little coat hanger and hangs up his trench and then he leans forward and goes, So what shall we talk about? <laughs> so let's start with you, um, Monica. Uh, I know you've got some interesting stuff, like some, you obviously brought us up to date a little bit with Ursa Haverback. Um, is there any, any things that on current events, um, news cycles right now, that's kind of really gotten your attention or one of those things that make you go, Hmm, what's really kind of gotten under your call as of late? Okay. Um, actually, before I talk about those kind of things, I just wanted to get the title of that book by Harold and is it, is it Harold Zeger? I missed it. It just, the, the words were spoken too quickly. So can you just tell that slower, Harold, and uh, the title? Yeah. Freedom Z- Nightmare. Z as in, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, okay, Harold. you go ahead. Yeah, so it's, it's Harold, H-A-R-A-L-D, oh, A-L-D. <laughs> oh, like Harald, Harald, Deutsch, Yeah, the German version. Sure, the German version. Harald. Und Sieger, Z with Zeppelin, E-A-G-E-R. Oh, thank you. Das habe ich jetzt. Yeah, good. Okay, sorry. I've got it now. But uh, And the title of the book? The title of the book is Freedom's Nightmare. Freedom's so, Nightmare. Okay. Yeah. How can, I, I, how can freedom be a nightmare, right? Well, it's really interesting because I wanted to talk to you about <laughs> the fact that, you know, you come from what we call the, the former East Germany DDR and and then um, you know, you escaped to the West, but little did we know that the West was being controlled by the same 
uh, <laughs> people echo, echo, echo as we're controlling yeah. the East. And in some ways, what I have experienced, and you can tell me this, and, and so instead of talking about current events, I just think it's great to have a discussion with each other here. Um, it, my impression is that the people coming from the East had an, uh, were less indoctrinated in certain ways because you were already under the sum of communism much more openly than in the West. In the West, uh, we thought we had freedom of the press, freedom of speech. Uh, meanwhile, we were being duped by you know the re-education program, etc. But it just made us think and trust in the system more than you in the East. That's my impression anyway. Can you comment on that, Harold? Sure, sure. Happy to do so. So what I what I think what the main difference is, we knew we were under oppression. We knew we were not free. Exactly. We felt it every single day. You had the imagination of being yes. free because you could travel where you wanted. You could buy what you wanted if you could afford it. You had all the amenities of a free country but that freedom what you enjoyed was perfectly determined to keep you in a bondage yeah we we had nothing of that and we knew it yes because we knew it we would see through the lies of that free world we would see see through it now we had that we had that uh, vision to uh, to live in a in a country like the United States. So from as I usually say in that that front picture of my of my book that that was uh, that was actually envisioned to um, give that impression from looking behind the iron curtain over that fence with the barbed wire and the self shooting systems and the minefields in front. Looking over that, over that fence into the free world and see the the shiny light over the horizon, right? That was my idea, and that was that was what we envisioned behind the iron curtain. We said if we just could go there, we would have a much better life. And not only because there is more stuff available. That that was secondary. We were used on having not the commodities you had no just the, the the thought of being free to think to speak to write what was on our heart what we strived for what what we wanted to ex experience right how would that be if i could talk to somebody and say hey, i'm a christian i enjoy to be a, a follower of jesus christ i enjoy reading the bible have you seen that what is written here we, we 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 longed for that freedom to to yeah. express ourselves in this way yeah. and since you had never experienced that uh that closing on this 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 you you didn't even realize when it step by step was installed in the same way because as you as you so Clearly and direct said, it were the same powers on yes. both sides. Yeah. What people today don't know is that both things, Bolshevism and Zionism, is just 
two sides of the same coin. So, you know, I'll just, just, I'll just summarize what my friend said about it, too, because you, you really um, um, articulated it so well. Like we had the illusion in the West that we had this freedom and, and whatnot. But she said, well, she had spent a year in Russia. You know, this is a few decades back. So before Glasnost and Paranoiska, or, yeah. uh, whatever all those words were. So same as, you know, you in East Germany. So in a communist country. And she spent a year there. She was of Russian descent. And so she had some relatives, I guess, that she could stay with. But she says that the way it is there is that, um, okay, you're, the people are being given lies and propaganda. Actually, I don't like to use the word propaganda in that sense because it, it, it's a neutral word. We've just come to use it as a negative word. It just means, Right, right. Okay, but anyway, the, the people in the East knew they were being lied to, and the people in the West were being lied to but didn't know they were being lied to. So, so <laughs> right. you know, just this different thing. But that I just wanted to add that. But, but uh, I d- sorry yeah. I interrupted you, Sonny, when you no. were going to say something. So, so to, to round that up, what I see today mm-hmm. reflecting this life behind the Iron Curtain, what I see today is that the United States has become that evil – uh, destructive, uh, de- de- really demented power, which tries to force all these uh, moral decadence onto the world, and Russia has become a a nation where they try to keep moral family values, where they try to eliminate all these horrible stuff, which was part yeah. of the. Bolshevik system, and um, what I what I think is they don't even themselves really realize that when uh, when they were under the Bolshevist uh, uh, um, control and, and Bolshevist uh, communistic system that they were not attacked as a Russian nation by the German army. They were attacked because of that Bolshevist system. And yeah. as always, our our favorite people, as I call them, they are masters of turning truth into lies and lies into truth. Yeah. That's all well, we're not that, today. The divide and conquer strategy too, Harold, because of the fact that yes, you, you, look at America, you look at America today, and it looks – I mean, and Dennis covered us ex- perfectly – in his first chapter in The Greatest Story Never Told, it is 1920s Berlin on global steroids. I mean, when you look at how right, Berlin right. was such a debauchery back then, you're like, wow. Yes. That's why I thought it was really fitting that when, when Hitler started to come into power w- with the National Socialists, that that he turned one of the known major clubs of this hedonism shit that was going on, he made that Nazi headquarters. I mean, I thought that was totally badass as a complete slap in the face of these guys because of the fact that, oh, man, what a waste of good building here. I'm going to make it better. So, I mean, you know, hey, I think it's pretty badass. But Dennis really explained a lot of detail that in a particular chapter of The Greatest Story Never Told. And and I think the biggest thing that I've seen is, and I mentioned this a lot, I've talked to more people on Facebook that have seen that documentary and has been more woken by that film than any 9-11 truth um segment at all. I mean, 9-11 truth is like a, a, 
a comma in the paragraph of what really is the the, the real deal. And I'll let Dennis kind of fill that in for himself, but I, I encourage everybody to try to read up all the cause and effects oh. of World War One, what led to it, look at the battles, yes. look at the things that happened, and then at the same yeah. stroke, um, how they screwed Germany over, who really did not start that war. They got pulled into it because of treaties. I mean, these are the very same things that Washington warned about where he said trade with all, alliances with none. Right. And that's how Germany right. got thrown into that mix. And then they got blamed for the whole damn war. It wasn't their fault. And then they got shafted. So you get someone like Hitler who rises to power and realizes, hey, man, we've got a raw deal. We got screwed. And then he's going to do something about it. I mean, it took some serious initiative. Yeah. And I think that's amazing. Yeah. because, and, and I think that's why they're so scared to have any type of populism or an individual uh, person. I mean, they're really scared of someone who's a truly an alpha male because once they actually step up and realize, man, you can't talk, you can't talk smack to that guy because he's gonna look at you and go, "Who are you to me?" You know, it's like, and and that's what they're scared of because they they can't control Hitler. That's why they hated him. And then when he abolished right. usury, oh, that, that automatically if, got yeah. a war declared on Germany by Judea. So. Um, so here is yeah, it just just two 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 uh, remarks to that point. Uh, there is an awesome book out there which is called The Hidden History of World War One, which I recommend everybody re reads it. It lines exactly out how the federal the, our favorite people instilled a, a a court in in London, infiltrated the government of London. And the, and the uh, British Empire and started that, that whole uh, um, history till today. The second point is that uh, most of the time it's completely forgotten that when when you look at the uh, or or over oversaw when you look at the situation just as a, a geopolitical look from a uh, uh, Bird's viewpoint, and you compare today with 1938-1939, you will see that you can easily compare Germany with Russia today, Poland yes. with Ukraine, with the Ukraine today, and behind the scenes, it are it's the same players who try to destroy a country which is not willing to bow down, give up all their resources and say yes to the oppression. That's that's all what it is. Then let me let me underscore that. I have a friend of mine in, in Russia and she was explaining to me kind of what was happening as as the transition was taking place or everybody was trying to um do all these um uh you know, a lot of companies are pulling out and this, that and the other and Russia's like, okay, fine. If if you leave then give us the keys to your store because we're taking your building. I mean all sorts of stuff. Plus the fact that Putin love him or hate him one thing I respect about him, the guy is brutally honest. I mean, seriously, he'll go, when he does a statement, he'll go and he'll do the history of the thing, and it's undisputable history. And it's just like, holy shit. I mean, this guy speaks the truth. I will listen to whatever Putin says long before anyone I do in the White House, even Trump, because I know Trump's full of shit half the time. But anything that Barack Obama said out of both sides of his mouth, anything that, that uh, Alzheimer's patient we have in there now, I mean, I don't listen to a damn word they say and, and think it actually matters. But I would, if Putin speaks, I listen because of the fact 
He's a straightforward guy. That's one of the things I, I admire about Hitler because when you really look at his position as chancellor and then eventually uh, merged the two offices into the office of the Fuhrer, he spoke as a head of state. In that other documentary I just started watching, he shows why he was doing the things he was doing. And Dennis covers that uh, fairly extensively in his first documentary. I mean, seriously, anything as a head of state that Germany was doing, Hitler was doing the right thing for his people. I mean, he had he had constant peace treaties out there that they absolutely ignored. He said, look, we're not the enemy. It's the Bolsheviks. Well, obviously, when they say that the, the capitalists and communists are two sides of the same coin, that's not too far from the truth. Dennis, what are your thoughts on that? Interesting to listen to the side of East Germany because all all the time uh, East Germany were going through that side of the situation in the West, as Monica explained, we were thinking we were free, whereas the same people during World War Two who were running uh, the Masonic side of the West, which was obviously France, Britain, and, uh, and America, were also running the Masonic side of the Soviet Union. And uh, people tend to think they separate the two today, but really, you know, uh, all the massacres in Katyn and, and the other um, massacres what took after the war were all with American blessing and British blessing. So it, it is interesting because in Communism by the Back Door, the, the, the second documentary, which actually the title is exactly what it says on the can. It is by the back door. It's been so slow uh, in, in introducing this that people just noticed that all of a sudden, in this past couple of years, people have just wondering what the hell is going on. Because everything that was going on in what Hitler got rid of in Berlin in the Frankfurt School has all suddenly raised its head with transgenderism and kids getting operated on it a young age, all this kind of carry on has suddenly emerged, kids being taught by uh, drag queens in schools, uh, all this came from uh, the school, the Frankfurt School, but also was, today is, uh, is run by the UN, so all these uh, agendas stem from the UN, which America and Britain and France and China and Russia were all part of after World War II, uh, so this it's been like, uh, how can I say, this one, this one world government has been coming for a hell of a long time, but it's increasingly speeded up in the last couple of years. And the reason they're using COVID and the reason they're using the Ukraine is for fear, because fear is a control feature. Well, not that, but also let's look at the, uh, the what's really going on, too. They are really pushing for a, a global social credit score and a digital ID. The World Economic Forum is pretty much already merged with the UN now. So essentially, you've got the head and the body and enforcement arm. And so I'm sure that's coming. I mean, not that, but uh, you got that, that war criminal Bill Gates out there throwing millions of dollars towards making sure that there's a, a digital thumbprint on everybody that basically that, uh, especially for, for our youth, because that's what they're going after is our youth. They're teaching them all this debauchery and all this bullshit. You know, I look, I look at the stuff from when I grew up in school, and especially by the time I hit high school in the late 80s, early 90s, where political correctness was just starting to become, was just, we thought it was a fad, what was just starting to trend. 
We're like, oh, we don't call them this. We we don't call them Asians. We call them Orientals. I mean, just stupid shit like that. Basically, it's 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 to make wrong think become um, a, a, a crime, and that you have to follow their narrative on what words they want you to use. And then the more and more you really start to get into it, you start looking at how they promote all of our celebrities, especially through music. I mean, people like Madonna and and some of these stuff, and a lot of these British artists that came out, especially. I mean, the Beatles. You know, one of the things I actually enjoy listening to is listen to Beatles um, like uh, press conferences. I, I've got probably seven or eight volumes of different uh, press conferences of them over the years. And it's interesting because the fact that you you look at who these guys are, these Liverpudlians, and and the group in a social system post-war, and then um, how they're raised to think a certain way. And, but they're they're naturally slightly rebelistic. I mean, especially John. He was supposed to be the smart beetle, but whatever hell made him want to go after Yoko Ono was really dumb. But the bottom line is, you listen to the press conferences, and it's interesting when people ask him their thoughts on topics of the day, hearing their responses, and it's just kind of like, wow, some of the things are actually they're right on top of the money on on what's the right answer. Others are just kind of like, wow, that's an interesting perspective. I never thought of that. And also, why the Beatles were so popular, some of it was because it was a social experiment. And of course, their manager was Brian Epstein, who was a Jew, one of the favorite people. And, and to top that off, you look at um, how they were promoted and the things that they were doing. And some of the promoters on different radio stations and things like that. And then how an entire generation of kids, of baby boomers, were warped into into – following everything the Beatles did and, and, and basically playing follow the leader right off the cliff. I mean, the stuff that they were doing and stuff. Don't get me wrong. Some of the music's really great, but some of it's very dated too. So you go back and listen to some of the stuff. You're just kind of like, wow, this is really interesting. Um, how much of it was a psyop? You know, I've actually read some stuff about that. Plus the whole Paul is dead thing. I think someone actually did some biometric scans of him recently and said, yes, that is definitely two different people. And and Ringo has said that Paul's name is really Billy Shields because <laughs> the real Paul McCartney's dead. So I mean, it's interesting how they how they did. Same with the Rain Corporation. The Rain Corporation was also behind some of the Star Trek stuff when Rodberry's putting it together. So again, there's a reason why it's called programming. But again, you go back to the Berlin stuff and all the stuff they're promoting: the drugs, the prostitution, the decadence. I mean, it's just absolutely insane. And yet, at the time, at least that was somewhat controlled. Now it's everywhere in the West, and it's just absolutely disgusting. Harold, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, when um, and I have a part of that in my book. In high school, one day we had a special event. Um, a group of, uh, were actually two guys, came into our uh, school, and it was during the subject of uh, uh, um, what was it political? What was it called? Uh, something with polit- oh political science of the communism. I I don't know whatever however you can put science behind politics, but anyway, <laughs> so. Yeah, in my in my opinion, it's a misnomer because 
science needs to be uh, practiced in a certain way, and you can do that with politics. It's, and lying was never, oh, maybe it's a science to be a good liar. I don't know. Um, <laughs> so these, these, these two guys come in there with a, with a uh, recording uh, system and uh, speakers and all kind of stuff. And um, the, uh, the subject of that presentation was the influence of music to destroy the mindset of the communist youth in East Germany. And what they did was they used uh, cuts out of uh, Rolling Stones, out of uh, um, the, the Beatles, but also more uh, American um, groups, which were very famous at this time. And I have a passage of that in my book, too, uh, about the Creedence Clearwater Revival Band, for example, which was extremely famous in, in East Germany, because it was like the red flag for these people. And uh, so they, they, they played CCR. snippets. <laughs> yeah, they played snippets out of these songs, and then they explained why, why these songs are so dangerous. And those were actually parts which, if you, if you in, inherit them often enough, you hear them often enough, they form some thoughts in your mind. So mm -hmm. these people, these communists, knew exactly how dangerous it is if you listen to a specific music. And they, they use that to their own advantage, too. So it's always a two-sided sword. Uh, I give a prime so, yeah. example of that, Harold, is rap music. You listen to a lot of the gangster rap of the late 80s, early 90s, such as Ice, uh, N.W.A., Ice-T, Ice Cube, and Tupac. You hear a lot of that as well. That being said, hey. Tupac, Tupac <laughs> Shakur is oftentimes seen as the as in the greatest of all time because of the fact that um, once he got with Dre, he, his music was more solid because his first two albums, the social commentary was there. He was a good flower, and he had good storylines, but the, the, the sample music sucked. When he got Dre, that was the missing link. But Tupac, what often okay. talks about certain social issues, not only what's going on in the ghetto, but also about politics and stuff like that for his time period. But when you get you look at who puts out these albums, it's the same, like, same, same people connected right. to the same five, six families. Same FPs, the same FPs. Don't worry. So here's here's my here's my comment on music in general. In in all of my life, there was there was a time, as I said, in my youth, where I where I, big, where I was a big fan of CCR uh, because it was forbidden and uh, you know it was very dangerous to listen to that music, but it it somehow it, it I, I enjoyed it when I when I was finally grown up. Let's say um, I focused more on real music, and with real music, I mean classic music. If I what? listen today, <laughs> if I listening today to music, it is mostly organ music from Bach, hmm. from uh, Mendelssohn. Uh, these 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 phenomenal classic composers, uh, mm -hmm. Beethoven, Mozart. This is unreached by any of the composers of today or later. 
in in such a way it's just phenomenal and in my opinion anything what is called rap has nothing to do with music i call that speech bubble songs <laughs> and basically it, rap no, means rhyme and poetry is what that means oh no there's nothing to do with poetry. sorry what does it mean rhymes and poetry oh yeah that's essentially what rap is. But I you think know I what forgot. Poetry, I think you I, know what poetry they, they is? They forgot a letter. Hey. They forgot the C. Okay. You know, you know what poetry is? The poems of Schiller and Goethe. Yeah. That is that is poetry. This stupid mm-hmm. bubble, get, get double, where they try to rhyme stuff together. Just, I mean, it's not even close to poetry. But oh, okay, that, that's just my... really, how many times can you say swear words in every sentence? I mean, it really shows limitations, <laughs> and not it's bad enough for most of mangled the English language to begin with. But the thing is, it's how many times you can you can swear out in in thing. You can basically um, talk about materialism. You could talk about um, defaming someone's character and belittling women. Most of all, I mean. They completely marginalize women as basically just being meat puppets. I mean, it's really yep. disgusting when you listen to some of the music. It's kind of like, dude, you thought some of the rock and roll stuff was kind of bad at the time. Uh, and, and some of it's real raunchy because it's meant to be shock rock. But at the same stroke, when you listen to rap music, it's got a whole different flair, man. I mean, they really show you just how many of them really think about women. But at the same stroke, you, you see people like Ice Cube, whose manager... I think it was his wife, and basically he bragged about the fact that his – he's like, um, what was the lyric? Yes, I have a black woman for a manager, so stop bitching. She's not in the kitchen or something like that. So, I mean uh, – <laughs> but, but, but it shows I, – I, can't, I, can't, I, I don't know these, these, these songs, and yeah, I've never but, listened but to it. I don't even know place, the people. He had, a, he had a place for women, especially the fact that it was his wife. So I, it became a family business. But but again, there is some talent there. But when you look at the people that were behind it, like even the manager of NWA was a Jew. So it's pretty obvious. At one point, they got tired of his crap, and they basically told him to go screw himself, or they were going to gas him themselves. So I thought that was kind of funny. But, uh, you know, when, and when you talk about music, Monica was bringing up a lot of the great music that she was talking about last week, as well as the fact that she's a musician herself. So, Can I just say something? Yes, yeah, sir. Say again. Yeah, the abortions, we, we, we singer, 
Oh yeah. Yeah. Yes. All the same people. Yes. You know, it's it's that that is a common denominator. World War Two was a holy war, and it was fought between Christianity and Tal and the Talmud, the Bible and the yeah. Talmud. Yeah, and everything that Hitler That's said correct. would happen if they lost did happen. There is a uh, uh, piece of paper on the internet. I don't know exactly where I, somewhere on Bitshoot I found that, a, uh, where Goebbels in one of his speeches pro, uh, pro, prophesied how the world would look in 2000 if the National Socialist Movement lost. And it is almost a 100% description of what we're experiencing today. Oh, wow. I've never heard of that, that, that uh, this paper that he wrote it, uh, predicting that. It was in, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 have to, I have to look for it. I will find it and I will send it to, um, to, to, to Sonny so that he can make it public. Yep. Yeah, that's really interesting. You know, what you said about the classical musicians and whatnot and the composers, that was music to my ears, pun intended, I guess you could say. But I, I, I agree 100% with all your comments about the music that, that you made, Harold. And, um, and Dennis, I just wanted to also say, this is going back a little bit on, in our conversation, what you said about fear is just so spot on that yeah. um, they want us in, cons in a constant state of fear because they can manipulate us and control us. And I, I did want to ask you, Dennis, um, your third documentary, the... Um, um, Secret Masonic Victory of World War Two. Is that available on, on DVD yet? Yeah, it's, it's recently came out. You can, people can get all three documentaries at uh, monetarypolitician.com, which uh, have been selling uh, documentaries for, for some time now. But yeah, the third one's finally come out and is a real eye opener. It goes all the way back to the French Revolution and uh, Particularly with, with the uh, protocols of the Elders of Zion, they they, they brought out a, a series of, of points which they intended to, to bring down uh, the West. And, and one of them, which is, has come to fruition, is, is the fact that in Britain today, you will <laughs> the rarity is a Christian. Nobody hardly believes in God. And they say this in the protocols, that we will make sure that they do, they do not believe in God. Right. Uh, well, they do. But their God is obviously the Allah. same God as our God. Allah. Well, Allah, Lucifer, <laughs> whatever. Lucifer, you know, I, I agree. Satan, yes. they are the... Yahweh. Yeah, they are the yeah. Chosenites, but, but they're, they're, they're the Chosen Ones, but their God is Satan. <laughs> yeah. Did you? Did anybody of you get what the uh, what the deputy chair of the Russian Defense uh, uh, Committee yesterday, or was it the day before yesterday, said about the uh, Western world? He said the world is controlled by a cabal of the Chabad Lubovitch. Uh, um, I think he called it a. Uh, uh, what was it? 
the Colts. Yes. And oh, you talking about the GOP we, guy that's, that spoke out? I, I heard that day on John, Alex Jones' show. Yeah, he told him straight up yes. what it was. Yes. And and that means Chabad Lubovitch is the are the founder uh, of the Zionist movement. And what is so extremely mind-boggling to me is that a huge amount called or self-called American Christians are supporting the Zionist movement. It, it, it's almost hurting that these people call themselves Christians because they don't yes. know the Bible. The Bible, it's definitely stated that those who don't have Jesus don't have God. Well, who has not the Son has not the Father. And if anybody who has not the Son comes into your house, greet him not and give him no God will. God will. So what does that mean? You become a partaker of their evil deeds. That's in the Bible. So how can you how can you call yourself a Christian when you are in, in, in bed with these people? Yeah, the Christian Zionists, they're actually the worst. They're the most dangerous people for, for us. They, I mean, it, it's a, a total oxymoron anyway, the word, or the two words together. They, they're opposites. So <laughs> they don't, it's an oxymoron. Yeah. Darn, they right. don't understand what, what... I mean, obviously, they're completely misled and programmed yes. and it's it's a it's a total uh recipe for utter disaster like they're they're more dangerous than the jews themselves in in some ways because these are the the um well you could say the useful idiots and then they become the useless idiots who be, yes, then become liquidated like i i can't remember if it was dennis or harold who talked about that that once they're no longer useful they they become liquidated right well, you know what else, too, is they've had the clergy response teams, and they basically control the churches now. It doesn't matter what your denomination it is. It used to be that, you know, I mean, hell, you, you know, you had, had what was well, called the... If uh, he's a pope, if he's a pope, I'm a black man. Right, right. Well, you know, they had what was called the uh, the Black Hat Brigade uh, during the Revolution War. And basically, what was the Black Hat Brigade? Well, basically, it was it was the preachers. The preachers are oftentimes yeah. basically kind of like sergeants in a lot of the regiments. Um, yes. They felt that they were doing God's work and they were leading their flock. So I thought that was pretty interesting. But they even eliminated that when they created 501c3 tax uh, statuses. Churches were already tax exempt to begin with. Now they're 501c3 yes. um, nonprofit organizations, which means that they basically have limitations on what they can do and say. Via the government. So basically, the days of speaking out against homosexuality and things of other things, you don't hear that in churches anymore. I and mean, it's like, oh, they well, don't it's want okay. To. You get, we got, they're all God's it's, children. We got to love them all. Yeah, it's 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 even worse. Yeah, it's even worse. It's. Well, Dennis, um, I had it. Dennis Dennis has yeah. covered that extensively in his films about how the Vatican has been compromised for probably almost a century. But, but definitely oh, in the last several decades. Wasn't, uh, Dennis, wasn't that? Dennis, wasn't? Yeah. Dennis, I have a question for you. Wasn't wasn't that that the, that the Jews, when they were thrown out of Spain, moved to Italy, and then uh, they, they settled down in the uh, uh, Venetian area, 
and the first Venetian pope was actually a, uh, a un- undercover or a, uh, whatever you call them, a fake uh, a Catholic Jew. Thank you. 
So the actual band had that idea. Yeah. But it was coming. It was coming. And now with the Ukraine and the threat of nuclear, do not be surprised because they will have planned for this. Uh, that, but Putin has not ruled out the possibility of using tactical nukes, especially if provoked. He wouldn't use it as an offensive, but he would definitely use it as no. a defensive. And he was very clear about Russian? that. He says, yeah. if you try putting any nukes on the table, we will fire back. Don't try to play any shit with us. Yeah, that is Russian. That is where Russian nuke strategy is a retaliation. Uh, Russian Russian nuke strategy has never been a first strike. It's always a retaliation strike. The second thing is, from the beginning on, what I think is all that hammering out here in the Western media is about, oh, he's threatening to nuke Ukraine. Oh, he's threatening to nuke Ukraine. It's all to build up the mindset of these stupidified Western people when finally the Ukraine gets their nuke exploded on their own territory. When that happens, then they can blame Russia. Now, the Russian uh, defense minister and the Russian chief of staff called all kind of uh, chief of staff of the United States, the British, the Turks, the Friends, the Indians, the Chinese, and told them, hey, we know, we have evidence that Ukraine is working on a dirty bomb or small nuke device to blow it up in a false flag. And what was the response of the United States? We know that this is so stupid that the... Ah, but when the Russians will fire... When the Russians fire a nuke into Ukraine, then we will tell them. So it's all around this. It's It's so insane what they are doing. They are. It looks like they are longing for a nuclear war. I don't know. It looks like. Well, that's part of the Georgia Guidestones is is to reduce the world's population by to, which would now be over ninety percent, maybe even up to ninety five percent. And then they're talking about the, the fact that they admitted that the in the viral labs in Boston that they've come up with a version now that can actually kill eighty percent of the humans that they they throw it. Yep. So, I mean, it's yep. pretty obvious that the, the first COVID wave was a beta test to see how people would react to it. Now, yes. the end game is the Georgia Guidestones. And how convenient that supposedly the Georgia Guidestones are bombed, and instead of fixing it, which could easily have been fixed, they just decided to tear it all down. That's because people are realizing that their bragging rights are starting to slap them in the face. That whole thing was very bizarre, actually, what happened there with the Georgia Guidestones. It, and <laughs> I, I don't have it fresh in my in front of me now or fresh in my memory anymore, but I remember somebody uh, did a uh, sort of a calculation of the number of days that those existed, and it, it, it was the equivalent of something to do with the, the queen or the royal families. I'm not, I'm not sure... Maybe that triggers somebody who's listening what they had heard about this, but there were all kinds of speculations about what actually happened there. I mean, it's clear that that the the, the cabal they obviously did that on purpose. Like that was not just oh a, you know some bystander that damaged it, and then they decided oh let's it's easier to clean it up than 
or you know take it down completely then to fix it it that was done on purpose and and there's something very something very strange about that i don't can't really figure it out well i i agree with there monica because the fact that the the elites are obsessed with numerology so there has yeah. to be some sort of significance of why they did it at that time yeah um and in in why they decided to go ahead and take it down because the fact that You'd be surprised. I've talked to a lot of people that are significantly younger than me. A lot of these are millennials. And uh, a lot of them are well aware of um, an attempt of a one-world government, a central government, or even understanding Agenda 21 slightly. And what amazes me is the most is that – and even Senator Rand Paul has said this – is that ever since Ron Paul ran for president – well, it's actually his second time in 2008 – and again in 2012, he used that as a bully pulpit, and that basically he said that so many young people now know that the Federal Reserve is not federal, and there are no reserves, and that's it's it's part of a, a banking cabal. And, and the fact that they know this, like, dude, this is what the John Birch Society was pushing since the 1950s, trying to get adults to even grasp the concept of this, and yet surprisingly, good old crazy Uncle Ron who had been in Congress for a total up to almost 30 years, finally someone started listening to his speeches one day and says, hey, this guy's on to something. And one thing I like about Ron Paul is consistent. I don't care when you watch his speeches. He said the same thing today that he said in 1985. The only difference is he has darker hair. That's the only difference. He's consistent. <laughs> and I think that's one thing that we're missing is some consistency. And, and, and the biggest issue of all is I think a lot of us – Wanting a Superman to kind of approach, you know, our Superman, uh, you know, the last century was the most nefarious one of all, of course, Fuhrer Hitler. But the thing is, can you imagine the outrage? This is a sidestep. Can you imagine outrage if someone made like a a 10-inch figure uh, of five different versions of Adolf Hitler in some of his outfits? Like his early Hitler where he's kind of wearing the shorts and and the – brown shirt and and uh you know the simple salute and then going into like wearing the khakis outfit that he had with the the double-breasted suit with the with the iron cross or the gray suit or are you talking about going uh, out for halloween are you talking about halloween (laughs) no 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 no. i'm talking about they made action figures can you imagine the outrage from our favorite people how they would just absolutely go after whoever that guy was they would bankrupt his ass. They would find yeah. some way to take all of his assets, all that shit. But I guarantee you, if I go, oh, I'm going to go make me a Holocaust remembrance thing, or let's do a, a a Zionist appreciation series, yeah. And they show all these like prominent Jews, and 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 make action figures of all oh, the. Can you imagine the praise that would be? Oh wow, we finally got the goy have uh, finally given us godlike status. I mean, seriously. <laughs> Yeah. Oh. But what you're, you you it's it's heartening what you're saying about young people uh Sonny, you know you're you're commenting that you've met quite a few who are really wide awake about these things and and my brother and I have talked about that um quite a lot how the young people when they do get it they really learn fast <laughs> much faster than we learned all you know to kind of connect all the dots and whatnot and then they get a renewed purpose in life 
I know uh, my brother, he says he's met quite a few young people who then they suddenly get it together. They stop drinking and doing drugs, and they now have a purpose in life because they understand what's at stake and what's going on, and so they are now becoming soldiers in in the sense of, you know, truth soldiers, I guess you could say, and and getting themselves ready to fight this. And this is what we need is young people on board who understand the the picture of what's going on. We need to instill uh, spirit and also the work we have to do to um, reactivate a love of our people, a love of our ancestors, love of our culture. And, I mean, the things we were talking about earlier about classical music, that touches on that because this is all being vilified in you know the Jews have have they they say it openly in in their the communist um, um, what is it the Communist Party archives and congressional record in the United States 1963 you read those and they they will uglify the art and culture and this and that all those kind of things like they they are the destroyers of culture and art and so what what we need to do is is not only tell the truth about what's going on. And you know, set the historical record straight, but also to resurrect a love of our people and our culture and our ancestors, so that then there's a will to live and a will to, um, you know, to to because um, a lot of pe- white people in particular have become self-hating because of the guilt cult and whatnot. So really, oh yeah, we have a, we have work to do. <laughs> That's what I want to say. <clears throat> well, it's like you heard in the, in the intro of my show. Um, one of the gentlemen that's speaking in the clip of the intro was saying specifically, essentially, you need to know both versions of the, of the 14 words. And, yeah. And that were kind of, that's where something that makes David Lane, you know, a visionary because of the fact that he, he was able to summarize two versions in 14 words. Oh, um, tell me exactly. what the other version was. I missed I missed what the other version is. Like I know the version about um, preserving and uh, 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 ensuring a future for white children. What's the other version? I think it was basically secure that the, that the future of the area one must not fall from the face of the earth or something like that. We find the exact um, quotes here. Now, there's two versions. Um, yeah, first was we must secure the existence of our people and the future for white children. And then the other one is... Uh, uh, shoot. Trying to figure out the other one's basically saying that as well. Fourteen words. Yeah, one is yes. We must secure the existence of our people and the future for white children, followed by the secondary slogan, because the beauty of the white Aryan woman must not perish from the earth. Because the beauty of the white woman must not what? Sorry, I missed the last words. The beauty of the of the white Aryan woman must not perish from the earth. Oh yes, yes, very good, very good. Yeah, I actually I've heard that those words spoken too. I didn't realize that was a second version of fourteen words. <laughs> yeah. Well, I well you know, because when phenomenal. when our our people have been so guilt ridden through the lies and deceptions that the mainstream media has told about us, that the white and the white race you know so many people hate themselves within the white race that um they see it as oh okay that's fine if we 
you know, if, if we don't exist anymore because we've done so much damage to the earth and we, we're such bad people anyway. This is where we have a lot of work to do is to, um, you know, resurrect our, our, our culture and, and that kind of thing. I'm hearing an echo on my own voice there, so maybe I'll stop talking. <laughs> yeah, I heard I heard that too. Mm-hmm. The thing is, Sonny, uh, people were uh, a lot of white people in America, France, and and, uh, and Britain were all conned into fighting the Germans. They were given a lot of uh, lies about what Germany was all about, and, and so they, they, they entered the war thinking if they get rid of the Germans, the world would be a better place. What's happened, in fact, is all they've had a war against white people, and Germany were the leading nations of, of the white race. And once Germany fell, we all become Nazis now. Because they all yeah. turn on the white, the white race, wherever, in America, Australia, all these other countries, we're all Nazis now. Yeah, right, well know, it's said. Interesting, it's interesting how they, how they label everybody as being fascist when the very tactics that they're doing are, are fascist in its own right. So, I mean, I think it's interesting how uh, they, they try to take, you know, it, they, they do projection, basically saying they accuse you of the very same thing that they're doing. I mean... No one's better doing this than Hillary Clinton. I mean, she she is like she read Saul Linsky's book, and that is like her Bible, man. I mean, seriously, she her and Bill are really good at at, at uh, accusing their opponents of the very crimes that they've committed, and they can put out intimate details of what their opponents supposedly did because they know firsthand how it was done. And then, of course, they've come with that with a term when oh, you do business with the Clintons and it goes sour. You go and you uh, you double tap yourself in the head, execution style, and it's called it's called you've been arkansided. So I think that's actually hilarious. But it, it's become such an open joke, just how criminal just the Clinton. Yeah, well, Clinton's daughter, Clinton's daughter actually wears an upside down cross on her internet, and she's married to a Jew. Yeah, so... Who she's probably almost killed off twice. <laughs> yeah, probably. So she'd probably say, hey, I'm, I'm ain't going to try to get me. I run this show, SOB. Can I just say, though, about East Germany, I mean, I haven't read the book, uh, Varel's, but I, have, I did listen to a couple of his interviews on YouTube this week. And, and I also knew about the, uh, the East German government, which had uh, numbers of the... Uh, uh, the stars, you know, the actual members of the stars in in the government, uh, and the same goes for uh, America, because in uh, in Libya and other places, these reporters from NBC and all the these are all members of the CIA. Yes. And, uh, yes. I cover that again. I see Commissioner Victory, where Operation uh, Mockingbird. Well, the reporters there and there. Uh, we're not reporting the fact that the black helicopters were actually bombing uh, the Syrian capital uh, and were blaming it on Gaddafi. But uh, like I said, that's in the secret sort of picture. But the same, it's the same tactics because the same people in charge. Yes. If, you, if, if, you don't, if it's not broken, don't fix it. Well, not only that, 
Um, look at some of the things about JFK. Why was he killed? What was one of the biggest things he did? Well, actually, he went really against the system. They thought because he was an elitist himself, and not that because of his uh, because of his back injury during his um, encounter as, as captain of the PT-109, um, he was on all sorts of drugs and stuff. Plus, he had uh, was Addison's disease. So, I mean, the stuff that they had him on to try to treat this stuff, it's one of the side effects, besides the fact that he's, he believes in, you know, he could just, you know, play around whenever he wanted because it, you know, they were hot shit. The bottom line was one of the side effects of the, of the stuff for his back made him, ex- like, excessively horny. So he's, like, screwing everything on two legs. So they figured it out, oh, well, we got to control him because he's basically a womanizer. Well, I think what I think you really want to know what's going on. A lot of times you see candidates, they say, well, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that when I get in the White House. And they go in there and do the opposite thing. Because if they get, they get in there and they're basically told, hey, you're going to do what we tell you to do, buddy. You're going to wind up dead. Kennedy was, I think, was a little bit more bold to do that for two reasons. One is, I think as a former Navy man himself, he took an oath to defend the Constitution of the United States. And, then, and not only that, but I think because he had Bobby as his attorney general, he knew he had a one-two punch force that he could use against the establishment. And he was doing that. He was trying to break up the CIA. He signed executive order, which basically abolished the Federal Reserve. He started uh, running species payments uh, to the Treasury in, in the forms of one and $5 bills. I've actually got one of the $5 bills. It looks identical, except it's a red serial number and says United States note instead of Federal Reserve note. Um, and that's the first thing LBJ did after he got back to the White House, is he immediately had the, uh, even though the order still stands. As of 1962, the Federal Reserve, according to the office of the president, is a fraudulent entity. So it's never been rescinded, and those orders are all renewed every time the president comes in. What else did he do? He also refused to allow Israel to get nukes, and they're like, oh, that ain't going to happen, buddy. We're going to get rid of your, your ass, and they had the perfect guinea pigs to use. Was it Russians? Was it the mafia? Or was it Castro? Let's pin it on Castro. That way we got an excuse to invade it. Not only that, but the, the establishment hated his ass because he backed out in the Bay of Pigs. Well, they waited till 11th hour to even tell him it was an operation. Sir, we're getting ready to invade Cuba. He's like, what? I didn't authorize that shit. Oh, hell no. You need to pull that out. So he pulled out the Bay of, the Bay of Pigs. And, of course, a lot of people died on those beaches, man. And it pissed off the military establishment. So he was seen as a, as a treasonous lot that – Need to be taken out, but we've seen every time a leader fights against the powers that be, especially the ones that go against the banks, they usually die. I mean, Lincoln. I'm not a big fan of Lincoln at all, but he went against the banks because he created his own greenbacks. Um, yep. They killed off. Um, what's his death sentence? Yeah, who? who what's who his death sentence? What was it? Uh, Rutherford B. Hayes. They got, they got elected a second time, and he was going to try to take, go after the banks, and they killed him before yep. he even got in office. And then after yes. that, they got Kennedy, and then of course Jackson. Uh, they got Jackson, they yeah, they get, they tried to get Andrew Jackson, but uh, old Hickory, you know, <laughs> the guy already had one slug in his shoulder for his wife, so they weren't taking him in. That, but he he they got rid of the second bank of the United States, and his last words on his deathbed were, "I killed the bank." So I mean, you know. That's why they hate that guy. Yeah, the Kennedy killing were a Masonic killing. Well, like the same as uh, Lincoln's. He was a Freemason and killed Lincoln. 
it's all linked to, to, to it's, it's the perfect way to infiltrate a country. It's a tool of our friends, but uh, employ, you know, traitors to do their work. And, and they put these lodges in all these countries, call it a secret society, and uh, because the governments are all involved, these secret societies are allowed to flourish. The only time they didn't flourish were when Hitler came to power and abolished them all. And then went on to abolish them all around Europe. Because he knew that everything was coming through these lodges was against German interest. Well, not only that, I think that the one documentary, which you've included clips of in, in one of your films, Esoteric Agenda, really explains a lot of that stuff, how the Illuminati was exposed and as the one of the popes was actually trying to eradicate the Illuminati, they they what was left of merged with the Masonic lodges and they basically hid out in them, so that way um, they they wouldn't be uh, uh, persecuted. And then once they got in there, like every good parasite, they took over their host and realized they just had they were like turned into the Borg. Well, e, Sun, Sunny, uh, um, I I need to uh, vacate the call here pretty soon. I've got yeah, chores to do, and it, chores to do, and it's getting dark out, and uh, even earlier than the last time I talked to you, which was when just uh, last week, no, a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> anyway, okay, um, real quick, uh, Monica, cl- closing closing words for me. Yeah, well, it, it's been it's been a really really interesting discussion. I'd I'd like to get both of the the third D- DVD. I've got the DVD of uh, Dennis Wise's first two documentaries, but I don't have the third one. And I think you said Money Tree Publishing. Is that where I can get that? MoneyTreePublishing.com. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. In fact, I'll have a word with uh, I'll have a word with the guy in charge, and, and uh, I'll, I'll I'll get to send you a copy. Just just send your address, Monica. Um, okay, like I, I think we, I think I have your address. Um, I'm not sure if it's via email or on Skype somewhere. I've got your, your yeah. address. That that's really great. Den, no thanks so much, Dennis and and Harold. I I'm gonna look for your book to order. It looks really really interesting, and I've really enjoyed meeting you on this call. And Dennis, it's been wonderful to talk to you again. And thanks, Sunny, for yeah, for having me back. And I, I, yeah, I, I guess it, just one thing I do want to plug that I, I don't think I plug it enough is that we have this uh, website called the Truth and Justice for Germans Society website. Yes. It's, it's just truthandjusticefordgermans.com. And um, yeah, yeah. We, we don't uh, um, post a lot of articles on there, but there are some great articles there. Plus there's some links to videos and there's great book reviews by Nancy Hitt, for example. And there's, there's some good good stuff there. And then my own website is is freespeechmonica.com. And, yeah, so anyway, it's been great to talk with you folks, and I look forward to talking to you all again. And and thanks so much, uh, Sunny. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks again, Monica. We look forward to bringing you back again soon. Okay. Okay, bye-bye then. I'll hang up now. Bye-bye. Good night. Good night. Yeah, I have to get up very early. Uh, so, yeah, I was fascinating to her, he, have her here on that uh, discussion because she's one of the fighters who paid the ultimate price and her brother, too, sitting in jail for having an opinion which is not appreciated by the government, which shouldn't be the case at all. 
a government, no matter which one, should be able to um, to just ignore a or to adhere to a uh, opposite opinion. Sometimes they could learn of it, but the German the German justice system is dead for for many years because all of the people have never looked at it. And now, now where that uh, uh, that justice system is even hurting those who were fine in their in their in their chairs and commenting on these bad neo Nazis, now would where they get sued and and put in jail. Now suddenly they realize that the justice system in Germany is not worse than aim. So yeah, it's it's a it's a shame. Germany is dying. It's dying economically. It has dying for years legally, and it is also dying morally. And then there is not much left of a nation at all. Unfortunately, Europe will pay as a whole a huge price for the economic destruction of Germany because Germany was always is the, heart the of paymaster. Europe. Yes, it was always the paymaster the for all of Yes. Well, they would not, not only that, Harold, but, but let's look at something else here, too. I mean, the FBI has basically turned into the Stasi. Would you, would you disagree with that statement? Yes. No, no, that's okay. That's exactly what it – maybe they hired some from these guys because they were unemployed <laughs> after the East Germany yes. crash, right? And they just they kind of vanished, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 sure, sure. It's kind of like the Frankfurt School. So, yeah. You know, they, they basically advanced themselves and sold a bunch of books to the flower children, and now they've turned into blooming idiots. Yes. So, yeah, uh, it was nice to have you all on here and talk to – I have never met Dennis before. I, I I watched his documentary about the greatest story never told. I listen to it when I'm driving. I'm driving every day two hours, two and a half actually. So yeah, I have time to listen to it. And um, I will I will see that I get the other videos. And by the way, <laughs> that is uh, uh, Sony has my address. So. Or, or I, I you think don't. That, 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 that's also an interesting point too. I was going to mention to both of you. I think um, um, Dennis, you should definitely have because one of the parts about your your film is you have to actually watch it. Whereas, because you have a yes. lot of text information in there, I think um, you should have an audio version where you got someone who speaks really clear who's actually reading off the dialogue um, during those uh, segments yeah. and make an yeah. audio version of it. And maybe even break it down into six segments so that way it could be a little bit more easily digestible. Um, yeah, yeah. And again, uh, Harold, I've also suggested to you as well that as a, also as a um, a good marketing thing, besides doing the the your book in Deutsch, I, I think you should actually do an audio version of your book. And the reason why I say that is for two reasons. One is I when I listen to the author actually reading the book to me, it makes me feel closer to the author. Secondly, it's okay. also a document. So, yep. unfortunately, like Ron Paul, he doesn't he doesn't do the voiceovers for his books. He has someone else do them, which the content's there, but I don't feel like I'm really hearing Ron Paul say it to me. Plus, the fact it becomes a legacy for him if he were to have audio versions of his actual voice, because those lines of dialogue could be used for generations. 
So I, that might yes. be something I yes. want to consider too, because of the fact that you used to have a nice, okay. rich German accent, and I think you should use that <laughs> to your advantage because it makes it seem more central to what your book is about and where you came from. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, I understand. Uh, maybe I will find the time to doing this. So, yeah, Dennis, uh, uh, do you have something to write? No, I've got nothing to write, but uh, I can, I can uh, get it up on your own on the computer. Do, do, do you want to give me an address somewhere? Well, yeah. I'll forward all your information, Harold, to, to Dennis, so that way he's got it. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, he has. So, yeah, um, you have my email and, and all of this. Um, something I wanted to say to Dennis. Um, oh, uh, so I, I understood out of your conversation with um, with Monica that you have you know Dave Gaheri very well I was in touch for, for months with him we talked about my book a lot so he was interested actually to publish it but the costs were too high for me so um, unfortunately that's uh, yeah but he's a small publishing so he can't he, he needs the money to do it correctly and I understand that but I bought some books from him too. Okay, yeah. uh, there is a is a very interesting book. It's called The Jewish Mafia, and then the other book what I bought was The Synagogue of Satan. Uh, yeah, very interesting. Yeah, I, I, I know the author. Yeah, excellent. Uh, yeah. Okay. Also, Thanks, thanks for inviting me, Sonny, and we'll be in touch. And uh, all the best for you, and blessings to you, Dennis, too. God bless. Okay, talk to you soon, Harold. Okay, uh, Dennis, go. let's go ahead and wrap up with you. Um, like I said, I, I think your films are phenomenal because of the fact that they should require viewing, for especially for a lot of these younger generations because of the fact that a lot of them aren't taught history at all in any real perspective. They're only given bits and pieces and they're often warped. And so I think what's really interesting is, is when you view your trilogy here, um, it really underscores some stuff. I mean, prime example, one of the companion pieces to your first one is the black pastor who gets it. He understands exactly what the swastika symbolizes and that it basically, you could tell somewhere along the way, he got red-pilled. And yeah. so do you think somewhere along the way, maybe Kanye West, for example, read the same tea leaves that you have been trying to um, lay out as gospel in your films? Listen, because it's on the internet, I always knew that it's available to anybody. Mm-hmm. So... And as you know yourself, it's had millions of views and, uh, you know, different languages. Uh, so there's, there's been a number of people who's watched it. And you could even, I suppose, even the royal family's probably looked at it because of the interest it caused when it first started. You know, people I up in the elites would have watched it. You know there was. I certainly know there's people in Israel watched it. <laughs> Israel News or something, which had a million million readers, and somebody had watched it, a woman had watched the documentary, and they were asking questions about it because it it seemed like it were true. So, you know, we don't know, but obviously it's available for anyone who 
has a bit of knowledge of the internet because obviously it's been banned, <laughs> but you can still see it on you know certain, certain websites. Or as, as I said, music, you know, the, the uh, uh, DVDs are available at musicpublishing.com. Yeah, there's also the greatest, the was it the grand, greatest bootleg never sold? <laughs> that was great. Right. Well, you know, actually, I was actually watching a clip about that not too long ago. Actually, in in many cases now, a lot of the same music is used for multiple films. Um, they may slightly change the pitch of it, or they they add a couple of things. But they show like two or three different film, major films that had the same theme music. They just slightly changed it a little bit, or the uh, ambience of it, but it was the same piece of music. And I'm like, you gotta really? be kidding me. So. <clears throat> It just goes to show you how they're running out of ideas. But that being said, yeah. um, you know, it's constantly showing two films, documentaries. I mean, they're putting them even, you know, Brad Pitt was in that, uh, what was it, Fury or something like that? Or he's, a, he's a tank commander. I mean, they just love redefeating Nazi Germany over and over again in all these movies. And that's the thing I've noticed. Can I, can I just say? Yes, there's a link in the show uh, description, so if people want to you just click on Dennis's name, and uh, that link will take you to it. Um, okay. So, so, so that's the thing. I, I encourage everybody to watch this because the fact that it really, it really starts to underscore what the hell they never told you in school. It's like I said that there's a there's a channel on YouTube called Kings and Generals, and there's one called basically the causes of the American Civil War. Now the post that's on their Facebook page is the original one, but it really shows you the real reasons why it led to the Civil War, and a lot of it was the tariffs that the North imposed on the South over a period of time, to the point where it, it could have gotten to a, a skirmish long before 1861, but it really underscores it. But then it was such an outcry, they said, no, 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 it's about slavery. So on the YouTube version, they have a new version of it where they bring up the Dred Scott decision, and and all the shit about slavery, blah blah blah, to make it look like that's the that's like the main catalyst behind the shit. When really it was all down to taxes, T- using taxes, penalties, tariffs, all sorts of shit. So that was the real reason um, that led to that. And plus the fact that the Southerners, by nature, are very honorable men, especially being strong Bible belts down there. They have a moral center, and when they feel that they're being stepped upon, they're going to say something about it. And that's one thing that I said I, I noticed that I missed. After the 1960s, you didn't see a lot of Southern pride popping up after that. I mean, what's the most you had? Leonard Skinner, really? So, I mean, even that, they've, they've, they've frowned upon even displaying the Confederate battle flag in the back of the stage anymore because they uh, bowed to pressure. But you'd hear like, the deep southern dialects. I mean, the most northerners, southerners all sound the same. But you go and tell a Georgia, a gentleman from Georgia, that he sounds like he's from Louisiana. Man, you, he's gonna, he's gonna shoot your ass because they are very distinctive, different states, and they have different histories and different peoples. 
And to the Northerners, they sound all the same twang to us. But to Southerners, man, they can they can listen to someone. They can almost tell you what county that guy came from. I mean, that's how well they're into their dialect. And I think you've seen that in England. In England, they can tell you if a guy is from is from Liverpool, is he from Birmingham, or is he from Bath? I mean, they would know just by his accent where he came from. That's right. And then you go to Scotland, it's a totally different world, man. I, I, the brogue is so thick in the Highlands, you can't understand what I'm saying, do you? <laughs> I tell you about Scotland, yeah. They pretend they're a nationalist party, I think. But she wants to break away from the UK and join the, join the EU. How nationalist or unnationalist can you get? Well, yeah, that you know, it's funny because I wrote an article about that when they're first pushing for the referendum for the Scottish independence. And I said, Scotland puts the cart before the horse before independence. And a, and a guy chat, it criticized me. He goes, well, you need, you're need you over there on the other side of the pond. You don't know what's going on here. I said, dude, I'm outside looking in. I said, this is what I see. I was like, you guys are advocating to have blacks from Nigeria or whatever that are being oppressed and want to come there. You, you just want them to come there so they can cast a vote for your bullshit. How is that really Scottish nationalism? I mean, you just wanted votes to push your referendum. You're no different than Westminster. So, I mean, you just have a different spin on it. And I go, why would you want to throw off the yoke of Westminster and slip on the chains of Brussels? I don't understand that. At least with Westminster, you've actually got, you've got a history. You're all on the same island. You have thousands plus years of history together. And there's been scuffs that have been on the, on the, on the throne. So, I mean, my point is, and not only that, Scotland got its coronation stone back from Queen Elizabeth, what, almost 15 years ago? Uh, I'm not sure, but I, I do know this for a fact that uh, she, the woman in charge of Scotland at the moment, she apologized to all the witches for the last 300 years for being persecuted, which again links me to this occult which is, uh, goes all, all the way back to whenever uh, Egypt, which they're well addressed in. And uh, like I said, World War II was a holy war. And uh, the Talmud boom. Well, like, like the link to the documentary I sent you shows the war from the German perspective and really what Hitler did um, trying to regain back the, the the true lands of, of Germany at the time, restoring its original borders, if not expanding it, uh, the Sudetenland, all that stuff, having the alliance with uh, Austria reinforced. I mean, it's, it's amazing that he actually had the balls to do that, but at the same stroke, he might have the unique perspective where he can go, these guys are just a bunch of blowhards. I could go right in there and take the Rhineland back, and they ain't going to do shit. And that's exactly what he proved. He went in there with troops, took it back, and they didn't, they didn't say one damn thing about it. They, they, I don't even think they even caterwauled. They just realized, uh, oh, okay, you, you, here, you can have that back. I mean, it just, they, they knew he was a force to be reckoned with. Yeah. Oh, and, you know, the sad thing is, we don't see leadership like that today, Dennis. That is the worst part. Well, the, well, the problem is, I'll tell you exactly what the leadership is. Uh, this all, all stems from uh, the days of... Uh, the Boer War, where, where uh, people uh, in England, the Rothschilds and, and others, 
all, all got together to, and, and uh, took all this to another level. And so they're all based at Oxford uh, University. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they, might, they might be ripping statues down all over Britain. They would never rip down sets of roads at Oxford University. I'll put, put my last dollar on it. So they all leave Oxford University. Clinton was one of these Rhodes Scholars. And then they sent out either to to the countries they came from to run them countries eventually, or they sent to the UN, who, uh, you know, they work for the UN and they go out and do various things. So all these leaders have, have, have more or less all been taken over. There's only the odd, maybe African, one or two African countries that aren't influenced by this, uh, uh, this Luciferian sect, because that's what they are, Luciferian. Uh, but it won't be long before they're taken over or conquered, because they've done that all over the world. And, and even as the Ukraine stands now, you look at Putin and the agreement, people probably don't know this, but when the wall came down, the agreement was that that was the line of the West. It would not cross that line. Uh, and to the side, that would be the line for Russia not to cross. That was the, the German the German line. And since then, the West have moved right up to Putin's borders. So he's, he's going to have a problem with that. He knows what's coming. Yeah, and again, you get that imbecile in the White House, and then top that off, the the second in command is even more of a dolt than he is. I mean, it's just it's absolutely embarrassing to hear either one of these guys talk. But you know, they're smart because Nixon said the best thing you do is pick a worse running mate than you are. That way, they'll never take you out. <laughs> yeah, well, if people believe Biden's really running that country, then you know they need educating because. <laughs> uh, Carousel and all that have all been running America for hundreds of years. Well, I, I got to tell you, at least a <laughs> I, I got to tell you, Dennis, I, I'm a big fan of your work, brother. And I'll tell you, the more and more I've, I've sat down to view it, um, it's been a revelation for me. And I tell people all the time, hey, you got to look at one of these films and watch it. And I'm telling you, it, when my friend first told me it was six and a half hours, I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me. I got time to watch all that <laughs> shit. And then once I sat, I sat down one day. And um, I, I was I watched it on my phone, and before I realized I actually had to go up and take a piss, four hours had gone by. I could not put the phone down. I mean, I literally, I think my I think what made me prompt me to actually go take the piss was the fact that my battery was beeping at me at five percent. I was like, oh shit! So I'll be I was sat there, I was so glued to this and go, why was I never taught this in school? And then I said, wait, before I really dive into this, I stopped at that four hour mark. I went in, into the library and I got everything I could get on World War One. I. I said, you know what? I need to go back to what that started that shit first. Now that, but some of the stuff that um, Otto von Bismarck had talked about when he created the help create the German state, and some of the things he predicted that would happen, like right before he died. And um, uh, I said, I need to go back to that. When you really start to understand that World War One was to eliminate the old world order, which was the monarchies, because no monarch is going to knowingly subjugate themselves to a sense of power. I mean, Henry VIII was a prime example of that. He couldn't get his way. He's like, screw you. I'll make my own damn church. And then so they don't stab me in the back, I'm going to be the de facto head of that church. So, I mean, here's a guy that was really a true king because of the fact that he, he ruled his kingdom to, to make sure he got what he wanted. And so uh, I, I, it's not much different. But like I said, I, I've talked about the show. I said, 
what if the war of 1812 was a global war? What if all the countries of Europe said, you know what? We don't like what the United States is doing. They, they've got a government that they've created where it's of, by, and for the people, and they kind of just do their own thing here, and they're prospering. And they're doing, Oh, and look, they're killing all these Indians off. Well, we're finding that out later on. They're killing all the Indians. Oh, shit, we got to do something about it. Next thing you know, War of 1812 turns to global war and said, we're not going to let them have a, a type of government like that that's radically different than ours. How is that any different than what the, the Allies did to Germany and then to Italy? Because of the fact that they created a whole new form of government that wasn't going to bow, kowtow to the bankers and wasn't going to kowtow down to um, – People paying corrupt politicians to rule the parliaments. I mean, really, how is that any different than if it was a global war of 1812 against the United States? Yeah, well, I mean, I cover the, the Roosevelt thing and the, the thing on the dollar, the back of the dollar, all in the secret Masonic victory. Uh, the other Freemasonry had a war with the Catholic Church for over a couple of hundred years, eventually won. I mean, if you, if you remember the Catholic Church, We've not been saying in all of this, uh, I have to admit, but at least when the war was lost, at least they did the best to get the Axis soldiers out of Europe and down to South America or into Spain. Uh, they didn't have to do that, you know what I mean, but they did. And they saved a lot of lives, so, you know, kudos to them. Yeah. Well, what's your closing thoughts for tonight, sir? It's been interesting because, obviously, um, this side of East Germany, it ties in a little bit with the communism by the back door. The tactics are exactly the same what they've used uh, over the years. Uh, you know, people don't realize in Britain and America that the, the government have been infiltrated many years ago, and communism is going to be the rule of law. The UN will make sure of that. Uh, and all I can say is, you know, sadly as it is, uh, the only thing what I think can stop it is divine intervention. And uh, at least I know that's happened three times in the past. Well, I don't see anything happening at this point because maybe they want us to fall on our ass. You know, the best thing to help a a, a junkie is let them hit rock bottom. You know, it's that it, yeah. when you get tired of of passing out and waking up and tasting the floor. Okay, you're eventually going to stop stop the debauchery. Uh, but it, we have to get to that point. But at the same stroke, a lot of people are going to die in the process. Um, yeah. And and good people too. That's the worst part. What's the secret of longevity? Got to be an asshole. I mean, people like Kissinger don't die till they're like shit. I mean, David uh, David Rockefeller. God, that guy was what 103. I mean, seriously, it's like these fuckers never die. Was it? You just got to be an evil son of a bitch to live that long. I mean, I, I, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll, I'll send you a link to a video called Andrew Crumb, and he explains everything. Ah, it, maybe it was it the blood transfusions from babies. Well, there's a chemical re- released when a, when a uh, well, the perfect kid is is a white a white kid, uh, pure white kid, who maybe five or six years old, who deterrise, and at that point of, of, of being terrorized, the chemical released into the blood to kill the child, they drink the blood, and the blood has, has uh, stuff in it which prevents aging. And, uh, and lasting life. This is what they truly believe, and this is this is why they do this. Uh, I'll, I'll send you a link to the video. Nice, it's fascinating. It's kind of like the cremation of care type of thing, isn't it? It goes all the way back to to Moloch. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. All right, my friend. Uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Again, I encourage everyone okay. who listens to listens to the program. 
you have to watch these films because Dennis really put his heart and soul in these things, and it clearly shows in content as well as uh, uh, just good overall time clocking. Because like I said, when I did the second interview with Dennis, we didn't concentrate on the content. We concentrated on the composition. And that's where I got a little bit of a video editing myself uh, background, but that's where he revealed some of the footage that he had done for The Greatest Story Never Told. He spent hours and hours on just doing a simple 20, 30 second clip of like Ava Braun, for example, making sure that the color saturation was the best it could be from the best original sources he could find on the internet. And and the, that just goes to show you the type of dedication he had to make sure that not only content was there, but aesthetically it was beautiful to watch. I mean, this is better than any film like Troy or Alexander you could ever watch because you actually learned something from watching this shit. So again, Dennis, I got to take the tip of the hat off to you, buddy. And, and uh, My pleasure. Uh, I appreciate your work, man, because I tell you what, it shows in, in the uh, in the final product. And anyone who doesn't watch these is, is a fool because if you can watch something like, you know, uh, primary colors or uh, tail wags the dog or anything like that, that's all fine and good. But you got to watch these documentaries because I'll tell you what, anything Alex Jones ever put out is good, but this is better. If you like Endgame, Endgame is like a small cap is encapsulation of what these three documentaries cover and then some. So if you all like Endgame, global, uh, Blueprint for Global Enslavement, that is like your gateway drug to the to the wise trilogy because you'll be much wiser after you watch this. <laughs> no, it's well. All right, okay. brother, I appreciate you and I'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Bye bye. Okay, so there goes Dennis and um encourage you to go check out his, his documentaries because they are definitely some good stuff. And they will make you go, hmm, that's for sure. But um, you can go to uh, Money Tree Publishing, and you can get a lot more information from that as well. And let me see here. Uh, get the exact address. It's in the show comments. Um, yes, MoneyTreePublishing.com slash shop. I recommend that you go and um, – uh, check that out. Get his documentaries. This is one of those things where it's a must see. If you got any type of documentaries at all, there's a lot of cool stuff. Matter of fact, there's some other interesting things on here as right. Uh, Exposing the Lies of History is a book on here as well. Um, there is Might is Right, another book. You can also check out, um, I guess, audiobooks. Here's Henry Ford's The International Jew. Um, excellent thing is right. Here's also the Hellstorm um, package. You get the documentary and the audio book. So there's a whole package there. There are also other books here. Example, Exploding Middle East Myths, The Host and the Parasite, which talks about America and Israel, uh, In the Name of Yahweh, another interesting book, um, Andrew Kerchin Hitchcock's The Synagogue of Satan. It's updated, expanded, and uncensored. That's definitely um, a book to check out. So some interesting stuff here. Also, there is uh, another publishing company that I've seen um, as well. Uh, trying to remember. Hang on one second. 
Okay, you can go to supposed to be a links on here. Uh, I don't see the link. Hang on, my mouse is not doing what it's supposed to be doing. Okay. I think it's like Ant Hill Publishing or something like that. Yes, there's Ant Hill Publishing. So um, they also got some good stuff there as well. Also some interesting books. I guess uh, Hitler in his own words as well as Goebbels in his own words. So that's just some interesting stuff there. So I would definitely recommend you check that out. But um, a lot of good stuff. And, and I really appreciate when they have audio books because the fact that a lot of times I don't, I don't have time to sit down and read books anymore. Um, so much as you tell I me, mean, I have some that I have, you know, bookmarks in, and I go and I read stuff. Uh, I've actually been thumbing through Alex Jones's book, uh, "The Great Reset and the War of the World," and um, uh, some interesting stuff in that book as well. But I definitely recommend that you get that book now as it help Alex Jones. But it's, it's actually a pretty condensed version of what the globalists are doing and what they're and some of the. Uh, the modus operandi is a definitely good Christmas gift. If you have anyone who's into reading political books or stuff from time to time, that is a good book to get. It's not very long. It's a fairly fast page turner. Matter of fact, I, I got a book for a family member myself uh, when he was first putting his book out. So it's going to be a holiday gift for them. And uh, hopefully they'll enjoy it as much as I did just flipping through it. So and they're a little bit more um, depth readers than I am. But uh, I like to see more audio versions of some of these books as well. Some good stuff there. All right, so we're going to go ahead and um, wind things down a bit, and we are going to close with a Battle Beast song, one of my favorite uh, newer metal bands from Finland. And where is it? Yeah, but actually, let's go with. Beast in Black. Beast in Black. Um, Cry Out for a Hero from their second album, From Hell with Love. I think this actually sums it up pretty good. So uh, we'll close out with Beast in Black tonight. Uh, Cry Out for a Hero. We, and you can be that hero. Everyone that stands up, you may get knocked down a little bit, but you may inspire someone else to go even much farther than you. So I don't care if you're an old person. Go to your local city councils. Go to your local school board meetings. Speak out. Many of those programs are, are actually uh, videoed and on cable access channels. Uh, by law, they have to be able to be aired. So I would recommend look up your cable access channels where your government channels are featured. Record those. If your local city council has meetings like every couple of Wednesdays a month or whatever, uh, record those if you're not able to make it. Um, if you do, watch them at least twice. Uh, go in there and uh, speak out. A lot of times they have... Uh, an open section for three minutes where you can talk something that's not on the agenda. Again, also understand Robert's rules. If you understand Robert's rules, you'll have a much better chance trying to get your point across and knowing how the format is uh, in the city council meetings as well as in school board meetings. The best thing is I was at Springboro School Board meetings speaking out uh, well over 10 years ago. And, and a lot of people tried to dismiss me as a kook and this, that, and the other. Now, the very things I brought up have now become the common cornerstone of all across the nation. So I was a bit of a trailblazer myself, but I also have to have a tip of the hat off to some of the people that we had elected, such as Kelly Coles, 
um, and and a couple of the others, Jim Regano, uh, because the fact that uh, they stood up for what they believed in. And Kelly really exposed exactly some of the shit that was going on in our school district. And they started going, what the fuck? Where's this money going? And so uh, that's why they kept bludgeoning us over the head, trying to get more money because they're filling deficits because they keep just throwing it away. There's no accountability whatsoever. And so not only that, but she started raising questions about some of the shit they're trying to teach in the curriculums and things like that. And I was able to bring up a lot of stuff um, at school board meetings myself. So, and I've got controversial shit as well. Gee, I unfurl a third national Confederate flag and everybody loses their fucking mind. It's not like I had a swastika. I had a third national Confederate flag. And it's like, does this offend you? Yes, it does. I said, that's because you're a freaking idiot because you don't know history. That bitch didn't like that shit. <laughs> but, uh, you know, um, again, if I was able to educate someone, even in my really wild cookie way, I won the game. That's all that matters. So people start asking questions. We win. All right. Slanch them all. And we're going to close out with Cry for a Hero by Beast in Black.
You're listening to Resolution Radio, Radio, Radio. ResolutionRDO.com. My brothers, my sisters, I bring you a message of solidarity, a call to action, and a demand for adherence to duty of an Aryan resurgence and ultimately total Aryan victory. We have broken the chains of Jewish thought. We know not the meaning of the word, mine, it is ours. Our race, the totality of our people. Ten hearts, one beat. One hundred hearts, one beat. Ten thousand hearts, one beat. We are born to fight and to die and to continue the flow. The flow of our people. Onward we will go, onward to the stars, high above the mud, the mud of yellow, black, and brown. So kinsman, duty calls. The future is now. If months from now you have not yet fully committed yourself to the Alliance, then you have an effect not only betrayed your race, you have betrayed yourself. So stand up like men and drive the enemy into the sea. Stand up like men and swear a sacred oath upon the green graves of our sires that you will reclaim what our forefathers discovered, explored, conquered, settled, built, and died for. Stand up like men and reclaim our soil. Kinsmen, arise. Look toward the stars and proclaim our destiny. Defeat never, victory forever. <laughs> 